live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Good afternoon, wherever you are. Boy, it's great to have you with us on a beautiful Chamber of Commerce Day this Thursday, January 26th, the year 2023. Get out and let some of that sun hit you. You're going to feel so good. You really are. We're going to have a fun two hours for you and yours. My main man, James Mesh. Sitting in that producer's chair in the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, where you'll find KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles. Uh, with the internet, we're streaming everywhere around the world. 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you want to put a face to the voice and you're in the Acadiana area, you can do so. Pop on your television as we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, um, try as they might, the New Orleans Pelicans uh, took one on the chin again last night losing to the Minnesota Timberwolves the sixth straight loss for the now reeling Pelicans who are 26 up 23 down now they're eight games back of the Denver Nuggets who maintain a healthy two and a half game lead in the Western Conference the Pels are just a half a game ahead of the LA Clippers one game ahead of the Dallas Mavericks and the Phoenix Suns in the blink of an eye this team could go from fourth shoot all the way down to 10th really quickly if they don't write this ship um it was the return of brandon ingram who uh his first game back after two months away understandably with signs of rust he scored 13 points the t-wolves win it 111 to 102 last night in the smoothie king center uh, um Pels led at the half, 52 to 46. Couldn't hold on. And uh, Willie Green ejected, picking up two technicals late after arguing um, with the officials. He, as he protested an offensive foul call against Jose Alvarado, so he was tossed the trail by 13 when he got ejected. Uh, they cut the lead to four with about a minute and a half remaining, and that was all she wrote. So there you have it with the New Orleans Pelicans. They, they got to write this ship, and they got to write it quickly, quickly, quickly. Take one name out of the equation of uh, the Sean Payton apparent sweepstakes as the Carolina Panthers have agreed to hire Frank Reich as their new head coach. So one of those teams that um, was thought to be in Sean Payton's thought process is no longer. And you heard in the two minute drill is there, I, I really believe 
Uh, is Sean Payton, Payton outpricing himself? Uh, 20, 25 million? That's the rumor. I don't know exactly what Sean Payton and his agent are asking for, but um, that's an awful lot. So we shall see. The New York Jets are pulling out all stops because they have hired former Bronco coach Nathaniel Hackett as their new offensive coordinator. What does that mean? Well, um, Nathaniel, Hackett, uh, Nathaniel Hackett used to be the coach for Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers as their offensive coordinator from 2019 to 2021. All this speculation about a potential Aaron Rodgers trade. The New York Jets have a great defense. They've got a good coach. Yeah, they're trying to do everything they can to maybe lure a trade and get Aaron Rodgers to Gotham. So stay tuned for that. SEC hoops last night. A big one. Texas A&M goes on the road and beats 15th ranked Auburn 79 to 63, outscoring Auburn 45 to 30 in the first half. Uh, and Auburn is now six and one in SEC play. Alabama remains undefeated. They had to, to rally back from a seven-point halftime deficit at home to Mississippi State. They outscored uh, the Bulldogs 37-27 in the second half to take away a 66-63 win. The Crimson Tide are 8-0 in SEC play. Keeping close tracks with them are the Tennessee Volunteers, who uh, just took the doors off of Georgia, outscoring the Bulldogs of Athens 35-19 in the second half. Tennessee goes on to a very comfortable 70-41 to win the vials are now seven and one overall and um and cruising so it just is apparent that um there are two really really good teams in the sec alabama tennessee texas a&m has been a surprise team uh buzz williams another hire by lsu athletic director scott woodward has them going 14 and 6 overall but more importantly 6 and 1 in league play so there you go with that um the NFL is becoming the uh, the place to watch LSU football. Doesn't stop with the playoffs. We know Joe Burrow um, remains a Bengal. Um, Justin Jefferson, he and Joe were among the top five players under consideration for the NFL Offensive Player of the Year. Um, He's complete. Joe is completing 68% of his passes, 4,475 yards, 35 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. He threw for 242 and two scores in the snow in Buffalo to beat the Bills. And now it's another showdown with Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs for the AFC title. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So um, there you go with that. With the playoffs, there's four teams left, two games to go. Frank Schwab will join us here earlier today. He's got a commitment at our normal 3.30 time slot, but we're going to get him at 2.15 today, and he's going to make his uh, Super Bowl predictions. Uh, Matthew Bruni will join us. We'll talk all things LSU as uh, we get ready for LSU baseball. They'll start – 
they, they're having that. They had their media day today. Uh, they will start their first practice tomorrow. So, um, so many high expectations for them. Matthew Bruni will join us. Grant Hughes will start off our number three, our NBA reporter for Bleacher Report. Uh, LeBron chasing down Kareem as the all-time leading scorer is going to happen probably early in the month of February. And is Denver hands down the best team in the West. And what a game it was last night. It appears like everybody's got Memphis as their rival. And uh, despite Steph Curry getting ejected because he threw his mouthpiece, um, the Golden State Warriors in a thriller beat Memphis 122-120. We'll talk all about the league with Grant Hughes. Al Salas, uh, our Saints reporter, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about Peyton, we'll talk about the Saints, and we'll get his thoughts on the championship games as well. So that's all coming your way. I really liked what Kim Mulkey did yesterday with the LSU women's basketball team. They don't play again till Monday against uh, Tennessee. And um, that's going to be a packed, packed house. Packed house. But yesterday, get them off the grind of the court um, and teach them a great, great lesson. They took the team to the Angola State Penitentiary. They played some games, signed some autographs, listened to stories from inmates. Uh, Dale Brown did that when I played. And I can tell you, I never knew there were so many hills in the state of Louisiana as when you drive up to that facility. It is an eerie, eerie feeling. It's a great lesson to be taught to everyone. I think everyone with a son ought to take a trip and see that place and, and walk through it. Boy, you talk about be on the straight and narrow. Yes, indeed. So job well done, Kim Mulkey. Um, teaching, developing um, gratitude and developing empathy and, and building character off the court. That's what Dale was was historic for. And Kim Mulkey following suit with that. Of course, everybody's waiting. The, the whiteout game is Monday, 6 p.m. tip, LSU versus Tennessee. And two weeks later, maybe the biggest game in college basketball for the women's side uh, will take place when LSU plays at number one ranked and the reigning national champion, South Carolina, in Columbia. That's a 1 p.m. tip, and that'll be broadcasted nationally on ESPN. ESPN. So they should both should both be if they continue to play like they are and stay healthy, unbeaten at that time. And they will be the only two unbeaten teams left in women's college ba basketball. Again, uh, we'll we'll talk a little LSU baseball 22 days away from the season opener. Hmm. Pretty good. All right. Um, we will take a time out here when we come back. The Schwab will make his Super Bowl picks. So stay with us. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Four teams, two games, one day, and the winners go to Super Bowl 57. It's the NFL Conference Championships. First, Nick Bosa and the 49ers head to Philly to take on Jalen Hurts and the high-flying Eagles. Then it's off to Kansas City, where Joe Burrow and the Bengals look for a fourth straight win over Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. The action begins at 2.30 Sunday, and you can listen to it here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's number one sports station. 
Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We are back. Four teams left in the pursuit of the Lombardi Trophy, the NFC Championship game, followed by the AFC Championship game this Sunday. Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports, kind enough to join us yet again for his thoughts on it. Frank, good afternoon, sir. Hey, what's going on, Jordy? Um, lots of stuff. Let me ask you a question before we get to the games. Um, it appears Carolina has hired Frank Reich as their head coach. You're out there in the Denver area. Uh, Sean Payton was supposed to interview for the second time with the Broncos. That's been changed. What, what are you hearing? What, what do you anticipate happening with Sean Payton? I, I think at this point he probably just waits another year. I, I don't think that – I mean, if if Carolina – you know, I, I – I I hadn't seen Reich actually. I, that must have happened pretty recently. I was working, but uh, if that's official, then that takes away one of the what in my mind was two good openings. The second one being the Broncos and Broncos and Peyton just seemed to cool for some reason. I don't. I still haven't heard really a good reason why. Okay. But without that, does he really want to go to Arizona? I I don't know. Like it, it just. I think the choice Sean Payton's going to have to make coming up here is. Do I wait for another year and get a better opening, or do I just not want to waste another year and be another year removed from this all and right. get right back into this? I and take a, a job that not Arizona is probably it. That's not necessarily as good. I, I don't know what he wants, and I mean, if he wants to get back in right away and thinks that Arizona is good enough and he can turn Kyler Murray around and all that kind of stuff, that's great. But if I'm a Trump Payton, I probably wait a year because not. None of these openings were great, and other than Carolina and Denver, I didn't think any of them were good even. So really interesting spot he's in. And, you know, if you're the Saints, you probably are like, man, take this job, Sean, because the, the draft, I mean, the, the draft compensation, I, I think it only goes down the longer he's out of it, right? Like, I don't think it goes up. So yes, they're probably hoping 100%. that he takes one of these jobs so they can get at least get a first-round pick out of somebody. I, I agree 100%. Do you think he – I don't know what if this is fact or not. You keep hearing numbers like 20 to $25 million to, a year to coaches. Is he pricing himself out of a job? And, and that might be it, too. I mean – at some point, the Broncos might take a look and say, Peyton's a good coach, really good coach, but we got to give up a first, uh, maybe more. We don't know exactly what the Saints want, but it's been rumored late first is what they're after. Right. Then on top of that, you've got to give up, you know, like you said, $20, 25000000 million. Not that the Waltons can't afford that out here in Denver, their new ownership group, but <laughs> still a lot of money. And they might just say, man, D'Amico Ryan's going to not cost us a draft pick, not cost us $25 million a year, why not just do that? And I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, it's it's really interesting, I mean, uh, to see what will happen. And it also might be a deal. Look, we saw this with Bill Cowher. We saw this with John Gruden. The longer a coach like that is out, sometimes just this whole white whale scenario happens where the the stature grows and every yeah. year he's at the top of the list. And, you know, you get five years down the road and everybody's clamoring to get him. That might happen to Sean Payton, too, that that – the longer he's out of it, the more attractive he gets in a weird way. But it, it's very interesting that, you know, I'm sure Peyton thought he was going to get right back into it. He's putting together a staff. He's one year off. I'm back in it. And then you look around, and the landscape isn't quite what you thought it would be. 
Yeah. All right. We shall see um, what happens. But all Saints fans are like, please take a job. Please, please, please. please. Uh, We shall see. Uh, Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports with us. All right. Let's get to it. It starts uh, Sunday. Uh, First, it's the NFC Championship game. Boy, San Francisco at Philadelphia. Um, Philly's a two and a half point favorite. The last time I looked, two physical teams. They want they want to run it down your throat. They've got good defensive fronts. Man, this sounds like a low scoring game to me. How do you break this one down? Yeah, I, I mean, both of these games are great, right? Like, I mean, these yep. are these are just, you know, you looked at the, and it's changed a little bit, but I thought it was really telling when I looked on Sunday night at the Super Bowl odds that the favorite was plus 250, the fourth best odds were plus 280. I've never yeah. seen four teams this close, and I mm-hmm. can make a reasonable argument that any one of the four wins the Super Bowl. I mean, they're all, and not even a stretch. I think every, everybody realizes this is just coming down to which which side of the coin flips for who you know. I I think every team has like between a 22 and a 28 percent chance to win a championship here, which is kind of mm. crazy. Yeah. In that first game, the NFC game, I just think it's. I think the Eagles kind of let us let us know again last Saturday. Hey, we were the best team of football all year. Don't forget that. And you know, you say what you will about the Giants, the Eagles absolutely. Demolished them. I mean, oh, just yeah. blasted them. I mean, you yeah. you don't beat playoff teams thirty eight seven very often. They rolled them. They look good. They're one of those teams on both sides of the ball that they're they're really sound on offense. They could beat you running it. They could pass it if they have to. You're probably gonna need to do both against the forty niners who are excellent on defense. I think that I, I think the Eagles win. Uh, it's hard though. I th- th- this week when we got down to it, I'm still kind of. Having trouble on my picks because, and I've done them, but I, I just felt like whoever I pick, uh, the other team, I don't want to pick against them. I don't want to pick against the Forty Niners. Right. This excellent defense, this offense that can beat you in a lot of different ways. Brock Purdy's done his job. I don't necessarily. I'm not one of these guys that just you know, oh, Brock Purdy's going to fail this week. Well, I mean, he might struggle a little bit because it's inevitable, but. He's checked every box. He's passed every test. What more do we need to see out of this guy? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, it's not necessarily just going against the 49ers and Purdy and all that. It's just the, the Eagles are a really, really good football team. I respect them a ton. The, that fan, the fan base is going to be absolutely jacked up for Sunday. I'll go with the Eagles. But, again, I, you know, you'll hear me say this when we get to the AFC game. I hate picking against the other team because I know San Francisco is a championship-quality squad. Does it come down um, to this where, you know, with Philadelphia, you're playing 11 against 11 because Hertz can run the ball so well. And maybe the 49ers are playing 10 against 11 because Purdy does it. They don't ask him to run. I don't know. It it may be as minuscule as that. Yeah, and and that helps. And, I I mean – the San Francisco defense is just so good, though. It sometimes, see, you know, to use your, your line a little bit, it seems sometimes like they're playing 12 on 11 because it yeah. seems like, it's almost like where are these extra defenders coming from? They're just so fast to the ball, always at the right spot. I have a ton of respect for this 49ers defense. Yeah. I think one thing that we do have to look at, that's a stat I didn't re- I, I knew, but I didn't really realize until I saw it in black and white. There's been no other rookie quarterback in NFL history that's played in the playoffs and had more than 14 passes without an interception. Bart Purdy's at 59. He's wow. due, right? Like, I mean, he is due against a really good defense that rushes the passer well. 
to make some mistakes. I it, not that I'm not again. I'm not trying to to say you know he's going to turn into a pumpkin or anything like that. But it's just he's due. He's due to to give up a couple of turnovers, yeah. at least one, yeah. and maybe that's what turns this game around. Yeah, uh, he just you can't get behind these Eagles. They they are just so good and deep. I. I I've loved watching this Eagles team all season, and we'll see if they can, you know, get one more win here. Forty-six and a half is the number. Um, sounds like a lot to me. Yeah, what it does th- to me too. These defenses are good. The yes. Eagles defense has been really kind of uh, the malign for no reason to me. I watch it. Yeah, they're not. They're not the Forty ers but. This Eagles defense is, is top ten. I mean, yeah. do I think the Forty ers are going to run up and down the field on him? Heck no. I, I think it's going to be. 20 to 17, 20 to 14, that kind of a game. So I'm with you. I think it's a little scoring. All right. Uh, Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. Let's go to the AFC quickly. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals are, are they, they are favorite or on, what's the odds here? What's the spread here? Ooh, it has been go. I, I've never seen this like this for a big game where it opened Chiefs minus one and a half. It moved okay. to like Bengals minus one, Bengals minus one and a half, Bengals minus two and a half. Came back to Chiefs minus uh, Chiefs plus one and a half, Chiefs plus one. Now it's back to Chiefs minus one. I've wow. never seen this. Where favorite has flipped twice. Uh, right now, as we sit here, last I looked anyway, an hour ago or so, it was Chiefs minus one. Is that because Pat Mahomes says I'm good to go? I guess. I, I mean, <laughs> I I think that the early money was all on the Bengals because people were anticipating that. Hey, maybe Mahomes won't play. I think every well, I, I should say I think everybody assumed Mahomes would play, but thinking, you know, we saw him limping around. He didn't look good. This is a good Bengals team. If if you're getting seventy percent of Pat or Mahomes, that's not going to be good enough. But yeah, then Wednesday comes around and Mahomes like, I'm okay, I'm fine. He's listed as a full participant in practice, which shocked me. I couldn't believe that. Uh, I I I think we just have to assume right now that Pat or Mahomes is maybe not a hundred percent, but pretty darn close. All right. Um, both teams with outstanding quarterbacks. I mean, the best tight end in football, Travis Kelsey, Joe Burrow, surrounded with great talent. Um, does this come down to who has the better defense? And is that I love the defensive coordinator for Cincy. I, I'm going with yeah. the Bengals because I think their defense is better than the Chiefs. Yeah, it was a tough call. I, I'm going to go with the Chiefs just because at the end of the day, if I if I can assume I'm getting a, a reasonably healthy Patrick Mahomes, I think he's going to elevate his game. I think that they're kind of uh, like it's funny to me. The Bengals after that Bills game were so kind of oh everybody disrespected us. Everybody, you know, they sold the tickets, got to give the refunds, and then they're kind of fueling the Chiefs the same way with the whole Burrowhead thing. And mm-hmm. hey, we don't want Mahomes to be hurt because we want, we want to take them on. And uh, you know, the Chiefs—they're not saying it out loud, but they're sitting themselves thinking. You know what? We want to get back at you for these last three losses we've had yeah. for the AFC yeah. Championship game last year. For kind of the disrespect they're showing to the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs are really motivated. I think Matt Holmes is going to be motivated because I think when, when great athletes are injured, sick, whatever, I think they do have this ability to just play above themselves do. to yes. kind of overcome it. I think mm-hmm. we'll see that out of Mahomes. It's tough to play an arrowhead. And all three of these games, everybody talks about, oh, the Bengals will beat them three in a row. Totally true. In every single one of those games, the Chiefs led, and two of them they led going into the fourth quarter. The credit to the Bengals for getting done in the fourth quarter, but I don't think it necessarily means Cincinnati has their number. I just think that they won three close games, and, and hats off to them for it, but I don't necessarily believe that the Chiefs can't beat them. So 
I'm going to go with Mahomes and the Chiefs at home. I look at, again, the Bengals are fantastic. I have nothing against the Bengals. Yeah. They destroyed the Bills last week. That was shocking. That was the most shocking thing I've seen maybe in the playoffs, the way they beat them. But, uh, you know, I, I just, again, Mahomes, Arrowhead, a team that they're really, really fired up to beat. I, I, I'm going to ride with them, although not with a lot of conviction. I'll be honest about that. I got you. So it's a Chiefs-Eagles Super Bowl, according to Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports, and that's all we ask for. We won't hold you uh, to it, but we 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 anticipate and welcome your expertise. So, hey, I, uh, nobody's going to call you on Sunday because I know we're all going to be locked in and, and watching. <laughs> this should be too I'd be surprised if they weren't two great games. I really would. So uh, enjoy it, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jordy. Appreciate it. Take care. Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. We'll go from the NFL to all things LSU with Matthew Bruni next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We're brought to you by ShopRite, Tobacco Plus discount outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. By Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches and permanent fat reduction. By the Louisiana Lottery, you can't win until you start playing. By DC's Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli home of the best cheeseburger your mouth has ever tasted and by the aesthetic medicine and anti-aging clinic get back in the game with hormone replacement therapy every day is a chamber of commerce kind of day when you're listening to the jordy holberg show this is the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles your home for the lsu tigers and houston astros in southwest louisiana Four minutes after the hour. So glad you joined us on this beautiful Thursday, January 26th. One of my favorite guests is kind enough to join us again. Uh, Bengal Tiger uh, on 3.com. It's so hard for me to remember that and say that. But Matthew Bruni, kind enough to join us. What's up, Matthew? How are you? Hey, Jordy. I'm doing well. Uh, like you said, it's a beautiful day out here. Um, finally getting below 70 degrees, so I can't complain. Did you happen to go? I mean, uh, have you been following this LSU baseball contingent a little bit? Uh, yeah, I've been following a little bit. They have a press, a big press conference tomorrow uh, with Johnson and then the players after that around noon. So uh, we'll get get into that a little bit more uh, as uh, this coming week okay. or this tomorrow. All right. Um, we're in the middle of hoop season. So for somebody that hasn't watched or hasn't seen or hadn't heard anything about this LSU basketball season, how would you summarize it to date? Oh, that's 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 tough. Um, it's got off to a good start, obviously, with the 12-1 and start. I think our expectations were raised significantly, um, probably definitely unrealistically after the win over Arkansas and they played a close game to Kentucky, and then it's just gone downhill from there. Seven straight losses, um, now one and seven in conference. Just a team that is falling off a cliff offensively, unable to create its own shots, unable to really run anything of, of substance offensively, and then defensively doesn't have rim protection and just is 
pretty shallow um, as far as depth goes. So all in all, just uh, not coming together. And uh, it's obviously had a really tough start to the, the SEC season with its schedule playing. Uh, I mean, Alabama, Auburn, go down the list of, of good teams at its place. But, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not being critical of college athletes, but it's hard for me to fathom that a team in modern basketball with the shot clock, the three-point line, struggles, struggles to get to 60 points. And of late, they're struggling to get over 40. That's, that's just hard for me to fathom. Yeah, I had 13 points against Arkansas in the first half, uh, or 14 points, rather, in the first half against Arkansas. And, uh, I mean, I've watched a lot of college basketball. I'm, you know, I went to North Texas, who plays the slowest tempo in the country at the moment. And um, even they, for the most part, uh, can get better looks than what LSU is doing. So it, it has been a struggle. Um, I mean, you know, Cam Hayes has fallen off quite a bit. He's has five points in the last three games. Adam Miller has just been very underwhelming after his hot start to the season. K.J. Williams has been the only uh, semblance of consistency on this team so far on offense. And, and I hate again. I'm not trying to put a um, uh, a label on something, and I'm certainly not criticizing these kids. But and, and I'm not criticizing Matt McMahon because he's faced something that no coach has ever had to face before in my in my lifetime, where he arrives and there's no players at all. But but there's a reason why. Players play in the OVC, and there's a reason why players play in the SEC. It is different. It is you, – you get outliers every now and then. You get a Steph Curry at Davidson. I mean, it's a – you get a job around at Murray State. It's a rare, mm-hmm. rare, rare thing. Those players yeah, playing in the OVC aren't as good it as is. the players playing in the SEC. That's plain and simple, period. Matt McMahon's got to get better players. Yes, I mean that is that is the bottom line, and like you said, it is. He came here with with no scholarship players under his belt. I mean, the three players ended up returning were Monty Wilkinson, uh, Justice Williams, and Adam mm-hmm. Miller. So you, you, you hope you had a little bit from that group, and that group has been obviously underwhelming. And then you get your three players from Murray State, and KJ Williams has been been the only one that has been consistently good. Uh, Trey Hannibal has fallen off considerably from those first two games. Uh, yeah. And then after that, you look at it, I mean, we talked about it. Kendall Coleman from Northwestern State, what did we really expect from him? Not much. Um, you look at the four freshmen they bring in uh, across college basketball, it's really hard for freshmen that aren't you know, top ten players to crack rotations at this point, but still they haven't you know, delivered. Uh, then you get transfers from NC State and Cam Hayes, who has been really good, but he was a bench player at NC State. Derek Fountain's been right. really good, uh, but he was a bench player at Mississippi State. So right. you're just piecing all this together. It just, it, like you said, they need more talent. I think transfer portal is going to be huge this offseason for this team. Got to give him some time, man. It's 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 just um, ridiculous, and it doesn't help Matt McMahon of what's going on across the hall in that practice facility with this women's team who continues to roll on twenty and zero. When you look at them, what uh, I mean, they're going to face some adversity. They faced it the other day um, back at home against um, Arkansas. Then they go to Alabama and blow them out. They, it, they're going to face a really difficult. Uh, I think Tennessee will will play them very very well. 
Uh, but everything is all pointing towards South Carolina. You got to go to that building. Um, I would believe that both teams will still be undefeated. And then we'll find out a lot um, about this Kim Mulkey squad, who quite differently, um, she's got talent. She scheduled really low on the totem pole early to get this talent to learn to play together. Matt McMahon scheduled low on the totem pole. He just doesn't have the talent. That's the difference. Yeah. Um, if LSU is able to beat Tennessee, and I, I'm pretty high on Tennessee, I, even though they're not ranked, their six losses this year have been pretty much the yeah, all they're good. teams in the top 15. I mean, it's been incredible. So they're 8-0. LSU's 8-0. Um, that game sets up uh, to be really interesting. Uh, Tennessee plays UConn tonight, uh, mm-hmm. just in a non-conference game. I'm assuming it's for the Weeback Pat um, you know, a week and stuff like that. So that'll be interesting. But uh, if LSU gets through Tennessee on Monday, they have A&M and Georgia, two of the worst teams in the conference, so they'll get through those. So they will be undefeated going into that yeah. SC, uh, South Carolina game, which is on Super Bowl Sunday. That would be just incredible stuff. Um, but I am very excited for this Tennessee game. It's going to be an awesome crowd. Um, Tennessee is incredibly talented. There's a reason they were picked so highly coming into the year, and uh, I'm just I can't wait for that one. Don't let anybody walk in that building that doesn't have white or doesn't put on the white T-shirt. Come on. Let's just let's do the Penn State thing. Let's white it out. And that that would be terrific. Um, everybody keeps asking me, how, how does LSU not know that they've overpaid Brian Kelly a million dollars over two months time? How do they not know that? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that was a whole um, I, from what I understand it. And I'm, I might not be completely um up to it, but I believe they paid him twice just because he has an LLC yeah. and uh, has separate accounts there, so that's how that works out, but um, yeah, that was definitely the story that everybody was talking about just because the headline in itself is pretty funny. i got an LLC. Nobody's paying me double. Anyway, um, <laughs> how much uh, how much better do you think LSU football will be year two of Brian Kelly as compared to year one? Year one, they, heck, they won the SEC West. They got to the SEC championship game. How much better do you think they'll be? I definitely think they'll be deeper. I think they will be better early in the season. Uh, speaking game one against Florida State, Florida State will also be a lot better, so that'll be interesting. Yeah. But uh, the depth will be the biggest thing because defensive line depth alone will make a big difference in the consistency of this team going into the back half of the season. We won't see a game like Texas A&M where you just get gashed time after time after time because Jaqueline Roy and, and you know, Makai Wingo don't leave the field. I mean, yeah. they really hit the portal already, um, added a bunch of guys on the defensive line to try to not be in that situation again. And I think that's where we're going to see it. Um, obviously, the highs last year were super high. You beat Alabama. Um, you beat Ole Miss pretty convincingly. But I expect them to be deeper. I expect them to be able to hang in there with the Tennessees and Georgias, uh, where last year they got blown out. Um, I just think overall it's going to be a more polished product. I'm with you. Um, the portal will reopen after spring practices. Do you anticipate um, a lot of movement in one direction or the other direction uh, after that? I don't. Um, if anything, I think they would add a couple more. Uh, they still have, I believe, I believe it's six scholarship spots open. Um, okay. And they are looking at maybe adding a tight end or adding a center or, you know, maybe even adding another defensive lineman if they wanted to or a linebacker. So there are 
positions that they are looking at to where if a player comes in that they are interested in the portal, they, they can add. But obviously, like like you said, the first 45-day window is closed. Now the next window is 15 days after um, the 15 days after um, spring ball, pretty much. I know everyone's spring ball is different, but I don't expect many much movement oh, away from LSU, but I think we might see two or three uh, more names coming yeah. in uh, over the next couple, couple months. Everybody that I value their opinion of the raves about this Omar Spates, the linebacker from Oregon State, they said, man, he just made y'all a lot better. Yeah, that is, it's been interesting. I watched this film at Oregon State. I watched him play Washington, watched him play Oregon. Um, it was really interesting how they used him and how, you know, kind of versatile he was, how much they had him just attacking. He was a defensive end out of high school, so he has those natural, you know, whether it's pass rushing or run filling um, responsibilities in his mind. So um, I am interested to see how they kind of pull him back, kind of restrict him a little bit to where he is more of just a true inside linebacker because he wasn't that a lot of times for Oregon State. Uh, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but that's just kind of going to be the situation that they're in. But he's definitely talented, definitely strong, definitely experienced. That's the biggest thing. They didn't have a single player on in the linebacker room that had more than two years of experience. Uh, even with DeMario Tolan. And now you don't have DeMario Tolan. You add a guy that's experienced and uh, has produced uh, for four, four straight years. He is Matthew Bruni, Bengal Tiger on 3.com, all things LSU. Let's just get through this hoop season. Better days are ahead, but baseball should be uh, – women's basketball should be – they, they've got Final Four written all over them to me. Uh, baseball, Ooh. man, everybody's picking them. And then football year two should be unbelievable. So better days ahead. Basketball's going to get their act together. Just give them a year. Give, give this coach some time. But, Matthew, thank you so much, as always, my friend. I appreciate it. Yes, thanks for having me. Anytime, Jordy. You got it, my friend. Um, Matthew Bruni uh, joining us. Uh, we'll take your phone calls on the game hotline, 337-706-0111, as we wrap up our number one next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game is throwing you something far better than some cheap plastic beads this Mardi Gras. Yep, you could score a $500 Visa gift card. Just download the game mobile app, open the app, and click on the Mardi Gras Moolah tab. And you're on your way to winning a $500 Visa gift card. It's the game's Mardi Gras Moolah sweepstakes. Download the app, win money. It's just that simple. And it's all from the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Don't agree with what Jordy has to say? Not to worry. He's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that Actually, question. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. Have at it, Hoss. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we're back 50 minutes after the hour. Beautiful day. It's about 55 degrees. Sunny conditions are going to continue the rest of the day. Wind gusts up to about 18 miles an hour, so it's going to feel a little bit cooler. Uh, but enjoy it while you can because uh, it's not getting much better. Sunday's going to be a rain out. So all we got to do is have a cook-in and uh, watch the NFC and AFC championship games. 
Oh, yeah. Get your favorite grub and get ready to go. We don't open up the phone lines very often, but we're going to try and incorporate that more and more into the show if if you take advantage of it. Um, anything you want, anything that's on your mind, any of your opinions, anything you got, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, the game hotline is 337-706-0111, 706-0111. You want to talk LSU basketball and how – uh, they just can't shoot it straight. They're just struggling. It's it's all now. It's become a mental handicap with them. Uh, the first thing time that that shot doesn't fall, everybody starts to hang their head and going, "Oh my gosh, here we go again." Um, last game, case in point, they only score forty points. They get beat by twenty. It's not like Arkansas was on fire, but LSU just couldn't. I mean, they couldn't throw it in Lake Pontchartrain. And they're on the, I mean, they're on the the interstate right over it, and they couldn't throw it in. So um, you got that. You got the Pelicans who started off so great, so many expectations, and I still believe it's there. Uh, but they lose to the Timberwolves last night, and you know they get Brandon Ingram back, um, and he's rusty as all heck. Yeah, you know, and they lose uh, one eleven to one hundred two. So if you want to talk about that, let's go to the game hotline. Ron has called us. Thank you, Ron. How are you today, sir? I'm good. Huh? Uh, 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 glad to call in. Glad uh, you guys are taking the call. Thank Jordan, you. I'm, I'm a huge fan from from way back then, you know. My well, question is kind. that uh, I, I know we're going through the transition with LSU basketball, but what you think keeps us from having sustainable uh you know, good seasons. You know, we have a good season, yeah. and we have some offer seasons, including the season with uh, Ben Simmons. Yeah. Uh, what's the thing that you think keeps us from being just, uh, you know, sustainable to what we consistently win? That's and, a great uh, question, you know, and I appreciate the call. And I wish I had the answer for you. Um, I really do. I, I, I've, I've pondered that time and time again. I was part of an era where we had about five, six really, really, really good, good years, great years. Um, I don't know. I, I, you know, is it the stigma that LSU is a football school? Well, I don't believe that. Look what baseball did for all those years with Skip Bertman and Paul Maneri. Um, so that, that's a good question. I don't. I really do not have the answer. Um, LSU's had great talent. Uh, some of the greatest players in college history that have gone on to great NBA careers. I, I don't have the answer, Ron, and I, I you know, I've, I've pondered it. But that's a great question. That's one of those things we're gonna have to sit down and and break bread over and and try and figure it out. But you're right. There is, um, you know, when basketball is different. Name schools that year in and year out are always great. Um, they're far and few between, you know, football is a different beast, you know, uh, Bama, Georgia, Ohio state, they're, they're all Clemson, Michigan. They're always there. Basketball. It's you got Houston now at the top of the heat, Purdue. Um, it just changes. It's not, you know, the, the legendary schools, UCLA, Kentucky, Indiana, uh, 
man, look look what happened to those great teams in the Big East back in the day, Georgetown and Syracuse and Villanova. They, yeah. They've kind of fallen off. It's just different. For some reason, it's just different. And you got there's so many schools that play college basketball, and now you've got kids that can go straight to the G League, and then you've got kids that stay one year and go to the NBA. It's hard to keep, keep on keeping on. It just is. Um, and some players want to go to – Lesser-known schools because they're sold on the – hey, you can take us and build up our program so we can be what the Kentuckys are and the, the UCLA's are. It's just different, man. It's different. So great question, Ron. I wish I was uh, uh, more succinct uh, with my answer, but it's a hard one to answer. So thank you for the call, 706-0111. We'll try and do this more and more each and every day. So we'll open up the hotlines, and um, heck, I'd love to hear from you because I value your opinions, and uh, you're a good listening audience. And so you deserve that opportunity. So we will we will continue to do that uh, along the way. Coming up in hour number two, we'll talk NBA hoops. Grant Hughes kind of under the radar, but LeBron James is getting closer and closer and closer to passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. Is there somebody you got to play a long time? You got to score a lot of points. Is there anybody else out there that who's going to be the next uh, to to pass LeBron as the all-time leading scorer? Is that player even born yet? You got to play a long time. You got to score a lot of points. A lot of points. So um, we'll delve into all of that with uh, with Grant Hughes. Al Salas will join us as well. And we'll, uh, it, it appears that the, the playing field for Sean Payton is shrinking and shrinking. I firmly believe that um, maybe there's not a team that he likes. And I think maybe there's some owners that are going, 20, 25, are you kidding me? 25 million to coach my team? You're good, but you ain't that good. Nobody's that good. So maybe that's come into play as well. We'll discuss that with Al Salas and get his thoughts on to what should be outstanding championship games with uh, San Francisco traveling traveling to Philly and uh, the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to Kansas City. Should be great games. Our thanks to Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports, Matthew Bruni from BengalTigerOn3.com in hour number one, hour number two straight ahead here on the Jordy Heltberg Show. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two, and away we go on this Thursday, January 26th, the year 2023. My main man, James Mesh, in the producer's chair on the in the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're on 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming everywhere, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, uh, we're also simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LU. 
U.S. Fiber, our hotline, 337-706-0111. We begin this hour with um, Sim MDA talk. And after a 46-point showing against the Clippers on Tuesday, LeBron James followed up with a 20-point performance in a win over the Spurs on Wednesday. With that being said, LeBron is now just 158 points away from becoming the NBA's all-time leading scorer. The all-time great for us when it comes to NBA talk is Grant Hughes of Bleacher Report. Grant, are we, uh, first of all, thank you and uh, Happy New Year, my friend. It's been a while. Um, Are are we underplaying? Are we giving enough attention to this soon-to-be record that's going to be toppled early in February? Yes, good to talk to you too, Jordy. I I think... Is it possible to undercover or underrate anything LeBron does? I mean, I, I, I'm kind of in the, the media silo, so I still feel like all we talk about is the Lakers and LeBron yeah. as a, an extension of that. But I, I kind of, I guess I kind of agree. And, and maybe that's just because uh, I don't think anybody years from now is going to look back and see LeBron at first on the all time scoring list and kind of, and think, you know, he was a better scorer than Kareem or, you know, several other guys. I think everyone's going to kind of look at it through the lens of, man, that guy was just really great for longer, you know, than anybody else. Does that make sense? You know, it's a little bit different, I think, for him. Uh, To your point, um, LeBron has made 2,221 more three-point field goals than Kareem. Kareem was one for 18 in his career. LeBron's got 2,222. Just a different game, different player, both phenomenal. Yeah, I wouldn't take anything away from him. I'd like, mate, what if, what if, uh, what if LeBron had a sky hook? I mean, how many yes. more thousands of points would he have then? Yes. Yes, you're right. Um, Kareem held this thing for quite some time. Uh, my question is the only active player still out there within distance is Kevin Durant, and he's at number 14 on the list. Is the next scoring king even born yet? Yeah, he's probably not in the NBA. I, I mean, the guy, the guy that, I mean, the best chance of, of all these long shots, which is what they all are, just because nobody plays this as long as LeBron, is probably right. Luka Doncic, which would be interesting because he's another guy that the first thing you think of with him may not be scoring. You know, it was the passing as a prospect. That was, you know, his court vision and all that stuff. But I think he said that he just has no interest in playing for 20 years. And right. if you're talking about, like, what's, what's been the knock on him – he doesn't stay in shape. So, I mean, to play 20 years, you've got to be like LeBron and spend millions of dollars to, to be able to you know walk around after all these miles. Are the Memphis Grizzlies the newest version of the bad boys from Detroit? It seems like they're on everybody's radar, and it's everybody. It's like it's a big rival. Uh, case in point, they, they chirp a lot with the Golden State Warriors. They chirp a lot with the Pelicans. Is that the new version of the bad boys? A little bit. I was actually thinking that as I was watching that game last night, Memphis and Golden State, which was, you know, as you'd expect, there was some chippiness. There was a lot of talking. It was really intense for a, you know, a late January game. Um, But it's not just the Warriors that have an issue with Memphis. It's a lot of teams. You know, dangerous though for the Grizzlies, right? I think, I think probably the Grizzlies, good as almost anybody in the West right now. They might be the team I'd pick, even though they've lost, you know, a bunch of games here playing on the West uh, West Coast road trip. Um, 
you got to be careful because you love the confidence. You love the idea that they're not afraid of anybody. But if you keep talking going and the, the you know, mean mugging after dunks and, and like that kind of thing, if you keep doing that and then you don't make a final or, if yeah. you, you know, that kind of thing, then then it looks different. But but for now, I think they have we're young, we're aggressive, we're not afraid. I think that's probably a good thing, but they do need to start winning. You know, they need to start winning those types of games like they didn't win last night against the Warriors. Uh, Grant Hughes, Bleacher Report with us. You know, nobody nobody um, went through the turnstiles to watch Tim Duncan play. Just Tim Duncan was a great player, but he didn't have that flair and that flash. But he won games, man. He won games. The big fundamental. Are we seeing a different version of that in Nikola Jokic? I mean, this guy, all he does, he he is an amazing talent. Are we taking him for granted again? I think he's got to be the guy that if you really want to see basketball played a little differently, because, you know, there's a ton of great players in the league and there's all different stripes, but he's the guy to watch just because, I mean – he will make three, five passes a game that, you know, nobody else in the league can make. And that's because he sees the floor and that's because he's seven feet tall and can throw passes over the top of the defense that a lot of players just can't do because they're not as big as he is. And the way he thinks the game, it's, you know, it's three steps ahead playing chess. It's, oh, it's he's you know, seeing things before they happen. He's just, he's different. So um, there is some entertainment in that, but like, you watch him run up and down the floor, and it's like, is this guy even a professional athlete, right? He just doesn't move like Mm-mm. the types of guys we're used to seeing. So he's, he's different, you know, across the board, I guess. Grant, in my perfect world, I, you know, I, I never say never, but sl- it's slim and none, and slim has left the building. Well, how fun would it be to see Jokic and Doncic play together? That's a lot of chitches, but that would be fun. <laughs> It'd be great. I mean, I... It's funny, Jokic is number one on the guys that I think everybody should most want to play with. Luka's not quite there because he does like to shoot it a little more. A but Jokic yeah. is just, imagine what he'd do. Yeah, a lot more, a lot, a lot more. Imagine what he would do with a scorer like that. Because, you know, Jamal oh. Murray's a good player. Michael Porter Jr. is a good player. Those guys are, you know, they're not all-stars even. And just, I can't imagine the shots that, that he would be able to generate for a real, you know, 30-point-a-game guy. <laughs> Denver with the two-and-a-half-game lead over Memphis. Um, I, I keep waiting for Sacramento to tumble and fumble and stumble, but they're 27-20. and 20. What's happened to them? They're just outscoring everybody. That's it. I mean, they. this is the best, most optimistic outcome of what, you know, this is what you should have expected for the Kings, right? They're a top, they're second in offense, I think. They just, they, they're impossible to guard, um, but they're like a bottom five defense. So they're just, this is this this is just the extreme the most extreme you know split in the league. Um, I'm a little skeptical because I think defense just matters more in as the games become yeah. you know higher leverage and certainly in the playoffs. But I don't think there's really a reason to believe they can't continue this pace during the regular season. And really, like for a franchise like this that just you know the longest playoff drought in the NBA, I think it's one of the longest in all the four major sports. Just get to the playoffs. And, and, you know, have a decent showing. I think everybody's probably pretty happy with that.
Yeah, um, we're not going to bring up the Pelicans. They're they're a fractured Oof. team until they get everybody back and on the same page. Then we can evaluate what they are. They're struggling. They've lost six in a row. The trade deadline's coming up in February. Give me the team that you believe that's that's a contender that really needs a, a little bit of something to take them to the next level. Who is that team? Or are there a bunch of them? I, I, we- well, no, we just talked about them. I think it's Memphis. Um, Memphis, you know, we talk about the playoffs. They're different than the regular season. Memphis's right. half-court offense is terrible. Um, they they cannot score unless it's in transition or Steven Adams, who's hurt now, getting 17 offensive rebounds, uh, you know, every trip down. So they need a shooter. Um, that might be someone like Malik Beasley from the Jazz. Uh, you know, it, shooting is does not come cheap, but the Grizzlies have all their own first-round picks. They have won the Warriors OM in 2024. They've got some young pieces they can move. So not only do they really need another guy that can just space the floor and knock down a bunch of threes, but they really do have, I mean, you might put the Pelicans in this group, some of the most, you know, the most stuff to give up to go get somebody right now. Yeah, yeah. I think the Pelicans need to make a move, and I keep hearing the name Bogon Bogdanovich. I don't know what that's going to cost, but everybody needs a shooter, and that dude can shoot. He can shoot. He can score. He's, he's a little more than that, too, really. I mean, yeah. it's tough. You know, the offense for New Orleans has fallen off a cliff, but like you said, it's understandable. They're just, you know, Ingram was back last night, but they just haven't had all all, all the weapons. Um, you can never have too many, though. I, I think yeah. especially if you're going to be built around Zion, maxim, maximum number of shooters to, to get, you know, get that paint cleared so he can just go to work. Spread it out, and, and and when he gets when he goes to work, he's pretty darn good. Your Golden State Warriors, all right. We played forty eight games. They're twenty four and twenty four. Tell me, I'm crazy. Clay Thompson looks like half of what he used to be. So on defense, it might not even be half. It might be worse than that. I, I would say, and really, like, was a guy that was never given enough credit for. You know, he'd guard the Tony Parkers of the world yes. when the Warriors were trying to beat the Spurs, and and he just can't he can't do that anymore. His shot, though, I mean, that thing is back. Um, he he's he can really still shoot it. It's just a little harder to get him the space he needs. But I think you know, it's like you wish he was the same guy. But my God, like the, the injuries that he had, the fact that he can do it's anything um, yeah. is is kind of remarkable. So. No, you're right. Yeah. He's not the same guy, but you know, none of us are, right? That's <laughs> we, right. I mean, can't he, say that way it forever. just shows you the it, the greatness of Steph Curry, how he can create shots for himself with the dribble and move. Clay Thompson can't put the ball on the deck and and score. He's he, he's got to be open, and if he's open, it's money. It's money in the bank. Yep. But boy, it's hard to get him open, and uh, so I'm it wondering: are the are the Warriors players at the trade deadline? Yeah, I think they want to be. I think the problem for them is they don't have a lot of guys that they can give up that they don't really need, right? You're not trading Draymond, Clay Thompson, Steph, Wiggins. You know, those are their big salaries. So they're, they're pretty limited in that regard. James Wiseman, the guy they took second in the 2020 draft, is kind of the next big salary they have. And I do think they would trade him if the right piece was there. They need another forward. They need another guy that can shoot it and just, you know, a high IQ guy, to be honest, because they're still – you know, Jordan Poole is not a great decision maker. They're playing Jonathan Kaminga. He's 20 years old. You know, they need another adult, like an auto porter from last year, filled that role really well. Um, but they're just so limited. They're so limited in what they can give up. Wasn't that fun last night watching uh, Ben Simmons trying to handle Joel Embiid down on the block? What? 
I, <laughs> I love I love when they just you know MB posts up a lot, but I love when they dump it into him and he had Simmons on him and you thought the roof was going to blow off with the boot. It's just that was a good atmosphere last night in that one. That was there's a lot of technicals, a bunch of you know it was heated. Philly's coming now. I'm telling you, look out. Um, Harden seems to Harden seems to have gotten his act together quietly. Uh, he's become a team player. He's not that dribble, 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 yo, 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 shoot with the shot clock on your back guy anymore. Yeah, I mean he can't be. He can't get by anybody. Um, that's that's the big difference. But he's underrated as a passer for his whole career. I mean, it's, it's, if I think if he qualified, he'd lead the league in assists per game right now. But but he hasn't played enough games. Um, yeah. I mean that. He's gonna. He can generate a lot of good shots without being able to blow by guys anymore, um, which I didn't see coming. I kind of thought when it, when his career turned the corner from like an athleticism standpoint, I thought it was gonna be over for him. So I was wrong about that because he still is really offensively. Um, you know, all, all you need are guys that can create shots for somebody in the half court, and he can definitely do that. What's the better conference this year? Kind of feels like the East to me. I mean, it, certainly at the top, you know, just go Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, throw Cleveland in there if they're healthy. Miami is coming on. That's six yeah. right there. I, I don't think you get, you know, you've got Denver and Memphis in the West, and there's a big old drop-off to the Sacramento's, New Orleans, Clippers, Matt. Like, it's kind of a mess in the middle of the West. I feel like there's more there's more quality at the top of the East. Um, and But, I, you know, I'm still I'm, I, I'm still not sure that there's not two or three other teams in the West that could go on a run and then kind of make it even out over the second half of the year. I'm with you. Um, Grant Hughes, you're the best. Always love talking hoops with you, man. Thank you so much. Have fun out there on the West Coast. Let's see if the let's see if the Pels can get ha- healthy, uh, and let's see if Golden State can figure it out and get on a run, and then the the league is really good. So let's see what happens. But thank you as always. Yep, thanks, Jordy. My pleasure. All right, Grant, Grant Hughes of Bleacher Report. We'll take your phone calls on the game hotline on this subject and much, much more, whatever you want, at 337-706-0111. That's 706-0111 next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. If you need help with taking your lady out for Valentine's Day, well, you can find all that help inside the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. About a $50 gift certificate to Richard's Seafood Patio in Abbeville. A $40 gift card to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard. And a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. You can only score these great prizes to help you with Valentine's Day by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. Let your voice be heard. Hello. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111 and speak your mind. Hello. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Back at 22 minutes after the hour on this Thursday, January 26th. Again, our phone number 706-0111. 706-0111 if you 
have something in your mind, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, LSU needs all the, all the good news they can get when it comes to their men's basketball team. And maybe they got a little bit today with uh, guard Justice Hill is going to be back at practice today after stepping away from the program for, quote, personal reasons. Remember, McMahon said, I just want to be clear with Justice Hill, it is not disciplinary situation by any means. Um, after the loss to Auburn on January 18th, he has stepped away from the program for the time being for personal reasons. He's a senior from Little Rock, Arkansas in his first season with LSU. Uh, he followed McMahon from Murray State, averaging about seven points, two rebounds, three assists a game. Um Maybe maybe that'll help a little bit with this program that is that is reeling. Remember, they step out of SEC play this weekend. They take on Texas Tech in the the Big Twelve SEC challenge. So hopefully the Tigers can look. Texas Tech's not very good uh, and they're struggling. So maybe the Tigers can get a win. You heard in the two minute drill that the Astros have named Dana Brown as their new general manager. Uh, he's fifty five. He served as the vice president of scouting for the Atlanta. Atlanta Braves over the past four years. The Astros interviewed a group, including former Miami GM Michael Hill, former San Francisco GM Bobby Evans, Cleveland assistant GM James Harris. Well, the Astros chose Brown, who was now the only black general manager in the game. Chicago White Sox president Kenny Williams is the other black executive atop a team's baseball operations structure. Um, Brown replaces Click, who's Contract expired after the Astros beat the Philadelphia Phillies in the World Series. Negotiations on a new deal for Click fell apart after owner Jim Crane offered him a one-year deal. Click rejected that. And I click and joined Houston after Crane fired GM Jeff Leneau in the wake of the team's signed ceiling scandal. And that stabilized the organization uh, and um, click added to the deep talent base that Leno had built. So uh, some big shoes to step into and we'll go and see what happens with this one. Um, so the Astros making a move uh, in their GM position. So that's good. Um LSU baseball, 22 days away from the start of the season. Um, LSU will um, go to bat with a loaded, loaded baseball team. Um, lots of hits, lots of hitters, uh, lots of power, and uh, some top newcomers and the best transfer portal class in the country. The SEC is dominant in baseball. They've got, I don't know how many teams in the top 10, maybe six or seven. It's just absolutely, it's ridiculous how, how loaded the conference is. And it all goes back to my main man, Skip Bertman, who showed everybody you could win, you could attract fans, you could make some money. And everybody followed his blueprint, not only in the state of Louisiana, but around the SEC. And now look at the product that's on the field. So Skip, well, well ahead of his time and uh, getting things done the right way. So should be, look, baseball in the state of Louisiana uh, on the collegiate front is just per capita. It's the best in the country. Hands down. No questions asked about it. LSU's good. 
UL's good. McNeese is good. Always. Louisiana Tech. Southeastern. UNO. Nichols. I mean, and if I'm leaving somebody out, I don't mean to, but they're all good teams with really good coaches, and they they just play the game the right way. So it's going to be fun. I think baseball is going to be outstanding. And the race is on. Who's going to win a national championship first out of these new coaches? The race is on. Can't get much better than what Kim Mulkey's doing, 20-0. and 0. Nobody picked them to be number one in the country. Everybody's picked South Carolina and maybe some other ones, maybe Ohio State, maybe, maybe UConn, whatever. But everybody's picking LSU in baseball. Everybody. Maybe, maybe Jake Johnson's gonna gonna beat her to the to the finish line. It's a good finish line to get to. And LSU's in, in really good hands in all of their revenue earning sports. So let let the battles keep beginning. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. And and the good thing about baseball in this state that LSU plays UL. Um, they play McNeese, they play Southeastern. UL does the same. So there's, there's a lot of good, hard competition within the borders of, of the boot. Uh, and that's because of travel expenses and all that. And you play so many baseball games, but I love seeing, you know, LSU go down to New Orleans and play Tulane and, and, um, UL going up to Ruston to play Louisiana tech and, and vice versa. And McNeese coming to, to Alec box stadium, skip Berkman field. That's just good stuff. It's good stuff. So college baseball. Okay. Look, they're getting you another full-time coach. Come on, NCAA. Come on. Come on. Let's increase the scholarship limits. God, come on. What, what are we waiting on? What are we waiting on? What is it, 11.7 scholarships with all those players out there? Come on. Let's, let's up it. These schools can afford it. They deserve it. Let's give it to them. Quit being in the, in the dark ages. Come on. All the television money and all the revenue being baseball deserves some more scholarship. I know it's all Title IX related. I understand. But come on. Let's go. Let's do it. Um, Al Salas will join us in a smidge, and we'll talk Sean Payton, and we'll talk NFL playoffs after these messages. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We're brought to you daily by ShopRite, Tobacco Plus discount outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, dude, you just can't shop right at all. Buy Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. By Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches and permanent fat reduction. By the Louisiana Lottery, you can't win until you start playing. By DC's Little Capital Exxon, with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger you'll ever taste. And by the Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinic. Get back in the game with hormone replacement therapy. Download the free Game Mobile app from either Android or Apple services so you can take the Blonde Bomber with you always. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. 
right, welcome back. It is uh, a beautiful Thursday, January 26, 34 minutes after the hour. <laughs> we go full circle back to the NFL with the championship games and the latest on Sean Payton. And then, and we're hearing some new things about uh, uh, Coach Payton and the possibilities of, uh, ooh, it appears, he may be heading back to the broadcasting table at Fox. Al Salas from Canal Street Chronicles, kind enough to join us. Al, Sean Payton's starting to tick me off man i need him to get a job so the saints can go get themselves a quarterback how you doing my friend uh doing well jordy how are you guys doing uh we're doing terrific uh mark maskey of the washington post today uh reported that sean payton feared he would be at odds with broncos team ownership if he landed there as a head coach he said there was an issue with the interview he likes the idea of coaching russell wilson and having that defense but quote, fears a potential power struggle with a member of the ownership group. Your thoughts? Uh, that's a great question. It's a great point there, Jordy. I think when you think about the Broncos and how just how aggressive they are being right now, considering uh, the previous ownership and regime group made the trade for Russell Wilson, which then kind of thrust them into the short window where they have to try and win right now. And I think, you know, in a conference where you have Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, uh, Lamar, uh, Herbert, I think <laughs> I think ownership might just want to hold on to that bit of power because I think at the end of the day, they have the final say in how they want their team ran. And I think we know Sean Payton is a guy who wants to have it be his way. He wants to bring it his own general manager, his own staff, uh, and kind of people, you know, it fit his vision best, if you will. And I think maybe the Broncos' ownership, uh, despite, you know, be put in a situation where they have to try and compete, maybe they want to have the final say in how competitive this team really can be. Uh, do you believe one of these two or both of these two are a factor in Sean Payton from an ownership perspective? One, I keep hearing Payton's going to want 20 to $25 million a year to coach. How much of a impediment is that and how much is an impediment on what the saints are going to have to receive compensation wise through this deal as a trade for the head coach right i think both points are pretty important here obviously sean pay wants to be compensated well and paid as one of the highest coaches in the nfl and i think you know you look at uh most teams for example look at dallas mike mccarthy's making just under four million dollars or around four million for what he's doing this year and he's gotten them back-to-back 12-win seasons. I think a lot of teams kind of look at Sean Payton and, you know, Mike McCarthy. The resume is kind of similar in a sense. Both have the one Super Bowl win, both kind of hovering at about 60 percentages of their, you know, their win uh, percentage for their career. Uh, yeah. People maybe think they can get better value at a much lower price. And then, again, as far as the draft, the draft comp goes, you know, obviously whoever trades for Sean Payton is going to want to um, – you know, want to be competitive, have all the assets to compete. And I think, you know, the Saints wanting a one and other things uh, kind of puts a damper on that because obviously you can't be as competitive with, you know, some high-end draft talent. Kyle Salas with us. Carolina hires Frank Reich today, the former Indianapolis coach who was fired. Uh, Jeff Saturday took his spot. So there's a team that was a potential landing spot for Peyton. He's gone. So now you've got uh, Houston and you've got Arizona. Is that enough to, to float Peyton's boat? Do you think he's even interested in those? <laughs> to be quite honest, I really – 
it, it'd be hard to buy into that just because you look at Houston, that team is obviously rebuilding. Uh, um, you know, and once again, you're the AFC with so much competition. You know, I think we're paid to go in there and try and turn it around after one year. It just seems kind of unrealistic. And then I think, look at the Cardinals. You're probably not going to have Kyler Murray until at least some point in October. Uh, you know, playing in that division with San Fran, with Seattle, who was a playoff team, and you kind of would expect McVay to bounce back with the Rams. Um, and again, Kyle, in Arizona might be out of picture already because they've already hired their own GM. They've hired some of the upper executives in the front office, and I think Peyton wanted to have a, a total say in who that is. Right. Um, and so Arizona doing that first kind of makes me think they may be out of the race, but Houston. You know, they're just rebuilding. They're in the AFC. It's going to be tough to try and build a winner in year one, um, especially when you get there. New Orleans might ask for one of those first-round picks in return yeah. for Payton. Um, so it's tough to think he'd be interested in another one. He might just want to wait it out another year at Fox and just see what happens next offseason. I, I firmly believe, Al, that's what he's going to do. He's going to go back on that studio desk for another year and wait and see. So what now do our Saints do? I mean, take me off this cliff. I mean, we don't have a quarterback. I mean, Mike, what if we lose some of these defensive co- co-defensive coordinators? I mean, what are, what, are the, what are the hopes for the Saints? Because the Eagles aren't going anywhere. The 49ers aren't going anywhere. I mean, I know we play in a bad division, but, man, the first team that gets a quarterback is a team that's going to win that division. Who are we going to get? Right, it's a great question. I think, obviously, if you're the Saints, this is probably the worst-case scenario to where nothing Peyton really liked open up. Therefore, there's no interest in the job market, and he just sits back another year when his value will diminish even more next offseason. You know, for New Orleans, I think, obviously, you announced Dennis Allen was uh, your head coach. You know, you announced Pete Carmichael is staying as your OC. Uh, and now you just got to figure out what you're going to do. Obviously, no ammo for the draft is going to hurt this team. You got to figure out what you're going to do with the quarterback. Do you trade for a Derek Carr uh, with some later round picks? Do you maybe take a chance and sign a, uh, a Baker Mayfield who, you know, could be a low risk, high reward type deal? Yeah. There's several directions you could go. And I just really don't know. I think that the Payton deal certainly has put a big old. Uh, thumper and all that. I got the answer. It just dawned on me, Al. Here's the answer. You ready? It's like an NBA team. Um, you tank. All right? You tank. <laughs> you get a high, high draft pick. You fire Dennis Allen, and you bring Sean Payton back. Boom! There's your answer. And there then, it is. And then you draft. You just sell Saints fans on. Look, we're going to take a year off. First uh, we're going to lower the price of beer in the stadium to ease your pain. But we're coming back the following year. What do you think? I, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily for tanking. But if it just so happens the Saints, you know, really aren't all there next year and they happen to land Caleb Williams, I would imagine uh, considering how highly, how highly Payne talked about Williams uh, in the off season, uh, that, that that would entice him. I'm pretty sure. Al, just remember where you heard it first. Okay. I'm just telling you (laughs) the way things are panning out. Peyton's going to sit out a year. Saints aren't going to be able to get a quarterback worth a plug nickel. Um, and they're just going to wait in the wings. They're going to they're going to lose games. They're going to keep losing. They're, they're never going to come out and say tanking, but watch. And they're going to get the first pick in the draft. They're going to get their quarterback. They're going to get Peyton back. Bingo. Let's get to the games that matter this weekend. San Francisco at Philadelphia. <laughs> Who do you like and why? 
That's a great question, Jordy. We just did our picks on my uh, sports podcast, believe it or not. And I believe I had the Eagles coming out on top of the NFC. I think the the way that front seven is built, the depth they have, uh, they can hurt Brock Purdy in that offense in so many different ways. They have the secondary to to keep up with those receivers. Uh, And Jalen Hurts does not look hurt, (laughs) despite their reports earlier this year. And, you know, the one big spot the Niners, uh, the weakness they have is the corners. CD landed it last week, and then the week before, Lockett and Metcalf got open. Uh, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith could easily have a day against the 49ers. I just see a low scoring game with two really, really good defenses and uh, turnovers will be at a, at a premium. If you turn it over, that could be the difference. Yeah. I I think it's great. I think both games are going to be absolutely terrific. Take me uh, Cincinnati at Kansas city. Uh, Pat Mahomes says he's good to go. Joe Burrow has had his number three straight wins against him. What do you see happening at Arrowhead with the uh, chiefs now have gone from an underdog to a one-point favorite. Well, Jordy, I think Joe Burrow will have four straight wins against Patrick Mahomes. I think the <laughs> Bengals are kind of built for this kind of thing to play on the road. Uh, one thing to kind of keep an eye on is the fact that the Bengals came out running the ball against the Bills last week. Joe Mixon, yeah. Samaja Brown had a good day on the ground, which is something they did. They really couldn't do all year. They had no... No rushing game whatsoever throughout most of the season. Uh, I think that could come out, maybe throw them off guard, and I think uh, Joe Burrow can go out there and do it once again. I think both deep, I think both teams offensively are really good. Can anybody please try and cover Travis Kelsey? I, I've never seen a player get so open and be so effective week in and week out, but I do believe Cincinnati's defense is better. And I like Joe Mixon running the ball. I'm with, I I like Cincinnati. I don't know why, but on the road, I'm not betting against Burrow and that group. They've got an offense. I think they've got the better defense Uh, as of today, which is always subject to change. um, I like Cincinnati as well. So, so we shall see. Al, just remember Saints tanking, get the number one pick. They bring Sean Payton back. All's right with the world in 2024. Got to get through 23, though. Just got to get through 23. By that time, Brady will be retired. Aaron Rodgers, he might be retired. <laughs> Who knows? But that's what's going to happen. You ready? Hey, Jordy. You I'll, I'll tell you right now, if that, if that happens right now, I will specifically make sure I heard it from you in the Canastro Chronicles first. Please do, Al. And, uh, you know, you can Venmo me anything you want, big guy. I'm kidding. Al Salas, Canal Street Chronicles. Enjoy the championship games, and we'll see where the Sean Payton bobblehead goes next. Thank you, my friend. Always a pleasure, Jordy James. All right, Al. Al with Canal Street Chronicles. We'll come back. Uh, Final segment of this Thursday, January 26, 2023 edition here on The Game. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Now that you scored an Amazon Alexa or a Google Home smart speaker for Christmas, you can now use it to listen to the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to play the game, Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. Do the smart thing. Have the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles with you at your office, at your home, and everywhere you go. You know the routine. Eat, drink, sleep, and sports. All day, 
every day. You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back 50 minutes after the hour as we uh, will close out the show. Special thanks to our guest, Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports. He's picking the uh, Eagles and the Chiefs, both home teams, to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, we'll have all of our picks tomorrow. We'll have a litany of guests. And we'll have a lot of fun, and we'll make our expert predictions at the end of the show, as we always do. Matthew Bruni with uh, BengalTigerOnThree.com. Um, women's basketball soaring up, soaring up, uh, LSU baseball, but if they can live up to the hype, look out. And then Grant Hughes of the NBA, uh, with us from Bleacher Report, Pels lose last night. Yes. They got Brandon Ingram back. He can't just step back on the court. Practice is one thing. Practice. Are you talking practice? Yeah, practice is one thing. You get in real action against guys who have been playing game after game after game. It, it's it's an upgrade. It's different. So Ingram's going to take some time to get back into the swing of things. He had 13. Pels lose 111-102. Six straight losses. They are plummeting downward. Uh, it'll be two weeks before Zion is uh, evaluated yet again. Again, can't keep the dude on the court. How do you invest? I mean, the Pels took a big risk. They invested and gave him all that money. And it's not he, he's not getting hurt on purpose, but it just happens. Some players are that way, which shows you why LeBron James is, is a, an amazing phenomenon, that Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant were amazing phenomena. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, they always played. They were basically always available. They missed very few games. Michael Jordan hardly missed at all. Kareem either. Now they do the load management stuff, but um, LeBron's on the precipice. He's going. He's going to pass him up as the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. Uh, it's going to be within a matter of weeks, a couple of weeks. He's like 150 something points away. So it's not going to take long, and he's going to be at the top of the heap. Um, and it just shows. Um, here's a guy. Again, I would take Michael Jordan over LeBron, but here's a guy that. Nobody, nobody thought Michael Jordan was going to be what Michael Jordan was. Everybody expected that LeBron James was going to be this when he was like a sophomore in high school. Think about it. Sophomore in high school. And he has lived up to the billing. And here's a guy with all eyes on him, all the pressure on him, all the criticism of him. But have you ever heard negative news about him? I mean, seriously. Any, any kind of trouble throughout the course of his career, it's kind of remarkable. It, it really, really is. So um, um, f- from a media-centric city of Los Angeles, um, again, I think it's I think it's noteworthy. He's going to become the all-time leading scorer. And who knows if the next all-time leading scorer, the one that's going to break his record, is is even born yet. I don't think he is. I don't think he is. You got to play a long, long, long time. Kevin Durant's 14th in the all-time scoring list. He's going to have to play another 10 years. 10 years. And he's hurt already. No, nah, no way. No stinking way. Um, I still, I'm going to stand by my thought. I want the Saints. I want Gail Benson. I want Mickey Loomis to listen and listen to me carefully. Let Sean Payton sit out the year. Let him go back to Fox and sit on the desk and and do all that stuff. 
We're going to tank. We're going to lose as many games as we can for one year. One year. Saints fans are loyal. They're loyal. They'll be back. And in 2024, you get the first pick in the draft. You get your quarterback from USC, the Heisman Trophy winner. And you bring Sean Payton back. You fire Dennis Allen. You bring Sean Payton back. Bingo. Now we're ready to roll again. Let's go get the Lombardi. What do you think? What do you think about that? I think that's an option. I think that's an option, a good one. Because if they don't get a draft pick, who are they going to get a quarterback? You going to go run it back with Andy Dalton? Really? Come on. Come on. What are we talking about here? They're going to be bad. They're in a bad, bad division. First team in the NFC South that gets a decent quarterback wins it. All four need one because Tom Brady's leaving. All four need one. Who's got the best quarterback? Who's got the best one? The guy at Atlanta? I mean, sheesh. Who's Carolina got? Who do the Saints have? I guess Andy Dalton might be one of the better ones, but you can't win with him consistently. You just can't. So tank, get the first pick, get your quarterback. Sean Payton comes back on the on the horse, and whew, off we ride. That's my thoughts. Think it could happen. Think it could happen. You may not you may not want to go through that one year of pain and torture, but look at the long term benefits of it. Come on, you got to think outside the box. You got to get creative. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I think it's I think it's a distinct possibility. Uh, tomorrow on the show, um, Larry Holder of the Athletic will join us as usual. It'll be um, Fridays with Faust, George Faust from KLFY. We'll have uh, George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will will put all these picks to bed, and we'll go deep into the vault on that and much much more. Today is your birthday, January 26th. Happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Uh, You share yours with the best leaper, the best dunker I ever saw. Um, He's 46 years old today. Vince Carter, Vince Sanity. His slam dunk contest was unbelievable. And the great one of the great ones, Wayne Gretzky, 62 years old today. Um, James, thank you so much for all you do. Thanks to all of you for listening in. And whatever form or fashion that you do, whether it's the radio, whether it's the internet, whether it's the um, television set, whatever it may be, thank you. Maybe it's your Alexa or your um, your Google, Google Home. We, we thank you. Yes, indeed. Uh, and thanks to our partners. Man, we couldn't do it without you. So we appreciate your loyalty to us, and we try to give you our best each and every day. Um, uh, tomorrow, fun-filled football Friday and other things as well. So um, have a great rest of your afternoon. Enjoy this beautiful weather, and we'll get you ready for the AFC and the NFC Championship game tomorrow. So until then, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another. And why not? Be happy. So long, everybody. Up next, Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on the game.